Sir, we thank you for that. All these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the ushers can receive the tithes and the offerings. Well, how are you all doing this morning? Doing okay? You ready to get into the Word of God? Amen. It's a beautiful day, beautiful day to study the Word. Um, we've been looking at the subject of why. You know, why do bad things happen? Why is there so much chaos in the world? And we've been covering that for the last couple of weeks. I want to continue with that this morning. But uh, first of all, I want to ask Dale to turn the lights on uh, here in the sanctuary. Can I turn the lights on? Excuse me? Did you know that so many of us, are they already on? How many of you know that so many of us are asking God to do for us what he's already done? Now, when I asked Dale to turn the lights on, he looked at me funny. And all of you looked at me funny. Some of you that are visiting are thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? This guy's crazy. And some of you that know me are thinking, maybe I flipped a, flipped a socket. But you know, to ask Dale to turn the lights on in here, well, they're already on. But yet we ask God again and again and again and again and again to do things for us that he has already done. And that's one of the reasons why things are the way they are in your life and in my life. Is that we spend so much time asking God to do things for us that he has already done. Another thing would be, you can learn a lot from this. We're going to get into teaching of the word, but a few illustrations here. Here's another example. Lord, would you please turn the lights off in here for me? Lord, please turn the lights off in here for me. Now, if I was asking that, you overheard that, you, what would you tell me to do? Do what? Just go over there and flip this. Do what? Get Dale to do it. But if I, but if I ask God to turn the lights off in here, now you'd again, you'd start looking at me funny, like, well, Pastor Terry, go, you know, see, see, God will not do for us what, what we can do for ourselves. But yet, so many times we're asking God to do things for us that. We can do for ourselves that he expects us to do for ourselves. Now, things that we can't do for ourselves, now he'll, he'll do those for us. You understand that? But things that we can do for ourselves, he expects us to do those things. And so, oftentimes we spend hours and hours and hours in prayer asking God to do things for us that we can do for ourselves. You understand? So with, with that in mind, let's get into this message today. Remember, there was a scripture we looked up. Uh, we've looked it up the last couple of weeks. It's in Hosea. You don't have to turn there. My people, God's people, are destroyed because of a what? A lack of knowledge. Now remember that. God's people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And also, there's another scripture that we've looked up several times, so we won't turn there today, but you should have it in your notes, those of you who were here the last couple of weeks and, and you know, wrote it down. It's in the book of Psalms. The Bible says, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, 
but the earth he has given to the children of men. In other words, remember we went through this last week. God gave the authority to this planet over to who? Over to Adam. Remember that? And then Adam gave it over to who? To Satan, over to the devil. And then, of course, we went through and documented from the word of God how Jesus came and took that authority back. And then he gave that authority to you and me. And he expects us to delegate that authority over the devil, over sickness and disease and so on here in this earth. Now, let's turn to Luke, the 10th chapter, and let's look at verse 17. This is prior to Jesus being raised from the dead. You understand that in his in in his resurrection through his death, burial and resurrection. But but in his resurrection, the Bible brings out that he destroyed the power of the devil. He spoiled principalities and so on. The Bible says made a show of them openly over demon power. He defeated the work of the devil in his redemptive work and particularly through the resurrection as you study the Bible when he was raised from the dead. But notice before he was raised from the dead, Luke ten seventeen, the Bible says the 70, you know, Jesus appointed 70 fellows, you know, to go out and minister. They returned with joy saying this. Now notice what they said. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Notice the demons, who were they subject to? They were subject to these 70 men in whose name? In Jesus' name. And then verse 18, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Then verse 19, behold, I give who? Who does he give? I give you. He gave these people authority to trample on serpents and on scorpions. Now, is Jesus talking about himself or is he talking about these 70 has the authority? These seven, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing. Now, notice it said all the power of the enemy did it say some power of the enemy or all power of the enemy, all power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits or the, the demon spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And certainly we ought to be more excited about salvation than we are about power over the devil. Uh, amen. But but we need to realize that, that Jesus has given us authority. At least here he gave these 70 authority and power over the devil. And he expected them to go out and use that authority. And they did because they returned to him and said, even the demons are subject to who? To us in his name. You see that? Now, after he's raised from the dead, after Jesus is raised from the dead, go to Matthew 28, 18. And notice he's, you know, he comes out of the tomb and in the process of time after he's raised from the dead, he says this in verse Matthew 28, verse 18. He says, all authority, realize, say all authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So Jesus and we could look at scripture where he, the Bible says he spoiled principality. Talking about demon power, he dethroned him, so on. We could see that in the New Testament. And all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. Now go to Mark 16, verse 17. I got a lot of scripture here for you today. But you want to go to a church where they're looking up scripture. You, you want that, believe me. 
Mark 16, 17. We'll just read sections of this for the sake of this sermon. Notice these signs. You see, we just read Matthew's account. Now we'll read Mark's account. Matthew said, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now here in Mark, he says, verse uh, chapter 16, verse 17, these signs will follow those who, those who believe. believe. How many believers do I have in here? So these signs ought to be following you in whose name, in Jesus name, in my name. See, nothing in and of ourself, but in the name of Jesus, they will what? Cast out demons. And for the sake of this sermon, normally I'd go through those other things, but look at the last part of verse 18. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You see that? So Jesus gave us authority. See, he was raised from the dead. All authority in heaven and earth was given unto him. He operated in that authority before his death, burial and resurrection. After his death, burial and resurrection, certainly that, that authority is there by his own words. But notice, who did he give that authority to? He gave that authority to you and to me to go out in his name. If the devil shows up, we run him off. You understand that? We don't ask God to run the devil off. We run the devil off in the name of Jesus. You'd be surprised how many times people, I've watched them over, over 25 plus years now, Christians, pleading with God to do something about the devil. Or, or to do something about sickness or do something about disease in their life. When God has already done everything he's going to do about the devil, about sickness or disease. He's already done everything he's going to do. It's like a while ago when I asked Dale to turn on the lights. They're already on. It's silly to ask Dale to turn the lights on when they're already on. It's silly to ask God to do something about the devil when he's already done it. And given us the authority to rise up in the name of Jesus and rebuke the devil, resist the devil, and then the devil has to flee. I've watched Christians for years, you know, over 25 some, some odd years, dealing with sickness and disease in their body, oppression, depression, all, all sorts of fears and whatnot. And they'll, 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 they'll plead with God and they'll ask God to do something about that. Oh, God, please heal me. God, please heal. God's done everything he's going to do concerning your healing, concerning you being free. There's nothing more he needs to do. But see, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If you don't realize that he's given God has given you in the name of Jesus authority over the devil, over sickness and disease, and you're supposed to rise up in that authority against those things. Then you can go on just pleading with God, begging God to do something that he's already done and you'll never see any results. The devil will never stop harassing you. The fear will never leave. The sickness and disease will stay there. Likely you may well die young of something that we don't have to. You understand of some disease. See, Christians by and large are unlearned or ignorant concerning these things. And the devil wants to keep us ignorant. Do you realize that? He wants to keep us ignorant just means unlearned. He wants us to he wants us to stay with a lack of knowledge. The devil does. He doesn't want the devil does not want you to know what, what I'm about to share with you over the next 30 some odd minutes. He, he doesn't want you to know these things, because if you'll get a hold of these things and start to stand up in faith in the name of Jesus, you'll watch the devil flee. 
and he'll have to flee. He'll have to go and healing will come and deliverance will come and you'll be set free. And then you'll be able to go out and help other people. The devil doesn't want that. But we don't care what the devil doesn't want. We want God what God wants. Is that right? See, Jesus has given us the power of attorney. The power of attorney. I've watched people go in already to bank situations and they try to do financial dealings on behalf of a, of a loved one. Maybe an elderly parent, you know. And uh, you go in there. I've watched them. I've gone with some of them. I've done it actually myself for my mother before she went to be with the Lord. I'd go into a bank or something. She, she couldn't really handle it anymore. And I'd go in there and I'd want just some, just the simplest things done. Just the simplest things done. And you know the first thing that they wanted to know, do I have? You all have dealt with that too, I see. It's a legal thing. And if you don't have it, you're not going to get anything done on behalf of that other person. Absolutely nothing. You understand that? But if you have power of attorney, if you have that legal document showing that you have the right to work on behalf of that other person, then the people at the bank or wherever, they have to treat you just like they're dealing with that other person. And then all of a sudden they'll start giving you all kinds of information. Is that right? Well, the same thing is true. Jesus has given us the power of attorney here on the earth. He's given us his name and in that name is all authority and he expects us to stand up and rise up in his name and resist sickness, resist, resist disease, resist the the power of the enemy. You understand that? Oh, if Christians could get a hold of that, what a difference you would see in your life and you'd be powerful and be able to help others. Notice Ephesians 427. Notice. We want to give you some other scripture on this. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Well, Jesus, you can't get any better than that. But let's give you some others. Ephesians 4.27. The Apostle Paul, writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, nor give place to the devil. Does that mean we could give place to the devil? Yeah. He says, give no place to the devil. I like the way the NIV says it. The New International Version says, do not give the devil a foothold. Don't give him a foothold in your life. So many people give the devil a foothold. They, they, they'll never resist him. Or, or like we've said over and over already today, they'll go to God and they'll be begging God to do something about the devil. When God's already done everything about the devil he's going to do, he expects you to stand up against the devil in, in the name of Jesus. And if you don't realize that, you can give the devil a powerful foothold in your life. Do you understand that? Are you getting this today? Are you out there? All right, go to 1 Peter 5, 8. Now, we've, Jesus, we've seen what he said about it. We've seen what Paul said about it. Now, let's look and see what Peter says about this subject. 1 Peter 5, 8. 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Didn't say he was one, said like one. The devil likes to roar a whole lot, try to intimidate people. And if people don't know who they, who they are in Christ, then they'll be intimidated. But the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That doesn't mean he can devour anybody he wants. He can only devour people, Christians, who don't know what we're talking about here today. 
And the devil seeks those kinds of Christians and he searches them out to try to devour them. Do you realize that? The devil can't devour you if you won't let him. He can't intimidate you if you won't let him. You need to realize this. The devil's more afraid of you than you ever need to be of him. If you know who you are in Christ. You know, the snake is a representative of the devil. Is that right? And you know, people that study snakes, they tell us that the snakes are really more afraid of us than we ever need to be of them. Is that right? But now I don't like snakes. In fact, somebody asked us one time, what kind of church are you? Well, we're definitely not a snake handling church. Like I've told people for years, you bring a snake in here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, get, get a garden hoe and have my wife kill it. You understand that? I remember I was teaching junior high one, one, I used to be a t- teacher before I went in, in, in the ministry. I was teaching junior high at Valley Park. How many knows where Valley Park is? And they had a surprise assembly one day. And I didn't know what was going on. I just, teachers didn't know. We just showed up in the gym and we get in the gym and all the, the students are in there and these seventh and eighth graders, you know, and there's bo- boxes up on the stage, you know, and, uh, uh, it's from the St. Louis Zoo. They were having a, and so I thought, well, this is going to be pretty cool. We're going to have a little animal deal. And it was from, from the herbatorium. You know what the herbatorium is? And all of a sudden, the guy goes up from the zoo and he reaches in the box and pulls out this snake, you know, up on the stage now. And three of the three of the the little girls, they start running out of there. They run out of that gymnasium. They're running up the sidewalk like crazy. And I go out after them, and I'm running too. And as as I'm running after them, they said, Mr. Shield, Mr. Shield, we're not going back in there. We're not going back in there. Even if you catch us, we're not going back in there. And I said, don't worry, ladies, stand aside. <laughs> It's a true story. (laughs) Be sober. (laughs) Be vigilant. Amen. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Let's be those kind of people that don't run from the devil. What do you say? Don't be like I was. See, that was years ago. I'm not like that now. Right, hon? <laughs> anyway, let's move on here. All right. Verse 9. Verse 9 says what? Resist who? Resist the devil. Now, again, if you're, if you're attending here today, you need to realize that we don't run around looking for the devil. We run with God. We stick with God. But every once in a while, have you ever found out that the devil will rear his ugly head in your life? Have you ever found out that sickness or disease will knock on your door every once in a while? Well, when that happens, I'm just trying to give you some information here. Where when that happens, rather than running to God, begging God to do something that he's already done, let's stand in the authority that he's given us in the name of Jesus and let's resist the devil, resist, realize, say, resist him. resist him. Say it again, resist him. Resist him. resist him steadfast in the faith. It's going to take faith to do it. But remember what, what, what I've told you for years. When you resist the devil, you stay till the devil leaves. Did you know you can discourage the devil? 
Just like he's tried to discourage you over the years, let's discourage him. How do you discourage the devil? You stand in faith until he leaves. Did you hear me? You stand in faith and you stay till the devil leaves. Now notice James 4, 7. Here's another one. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will what? Flee from you. That word flee means as in, as in terror. The devil, if you'll resist him... He will flee from you. There's too many Christians been like me running out of that auditorium that day whenever the devil goes boo and we start running. You know, we, I tell you what, we ought to stop running, turn around and face the devil and resist him in the name of Jesus. What do you say? Let's put him on the run. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But let's don't forget the first part of that verse. What does it say? Submit to God. See, now, if you're not going to submit to God, then the the devil doesn't have to run when you resist him. But if you'll live a life submitted to God, you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. Do you believe the word of God? Now, let's give you a little more on this. Go to John 16, 23. And then you can also open to John 14. Because I want to show you two statements that Jesus made made that seem to be very similar but they're very different when you get in and study the original Greek and I'm no Greek scholar and I'm not going to get into the Greek here at all I'm just going to just surmise something for you that will help you look at John 16 23 and in that day speaking of the day in which we live after the resurrection of Christ you will ask me nothing now this is what Jesus said here's a little tip prayer for you is uh, like a little tip on your praying. Nothing wrong with talking to Jesus. Nothing wrong with fellowship with Him. But when you need to ask God for something, He said you, you don't ask Jesus. You're supposed to. Let's read on. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask who? The Father in, in His name, He will give it you. A lot of times we don't receive from God because we're praying wrong. Right? Correct? Is that correct? Most of the praying that we will do, we'll be asking the Father in the name of Jesus. But notice John 14, verse 13. As you read it, it's, it looks like Jesus is saying the same thing we just read in John 16. But look at John 14, 13. As you get into the, the, to the Greek scholars, I've, I've studied after some Greek scholars on this. And, and this in John 14 isn't, isn't saying the same thing that Jesus said in John 16, what we just read. Look at this, John 14, 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that, that word ask there doesn't mean to, to ask like we just read in John 16, it's a, it's a demand. Now, we're not making a demand on God now, but it, it making a demand on the sickness, a demand on the disease, a demand on the problem, a demand on the, the demonic power, or whatever it may be that's harassing you. And whatever you ask or whatever you demand as your right and privilege is what that's really saying. In whose name? In Jesus' name, that I will do. In other words, I'll I'll watch over it to back it up and make sure it happens. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask or rather demand anything in my name, I will do it. See, some of the prayers we pray, we 
humbly go before the Father and ask Him to do whatever it is we need in line with the Word of God in the name of Jesus. But there's other times, particularly when you're dealing with the devil, when you're dealing with sickness, when you're dealing with disease, when you're dealing with these calamities, you have a, you have a, uh, you have a tornado headed your way. Don't start asking God to do something about the tornado. You stand up, you stand up to it ahead of time in the name of Jesus. We've done that over the years, folks. We've done that more times than I can count on both hands. Where Cindy, Dave, and Kent have put the, you know who those people are? Weather men here, you know? Weather ladies? How many know Cindy Pressler? You all, do you all watch television? Dave Murray, how many likes Dave Murray? I, I like it. But nonetheless, they've put bullseyes on St. Louis. They've put bullseyes on our area. You know what I mean? They say, you know, tomorrow's going to be a high vector, uh, or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Storm, thunder, and, now you, how many of you know you can't stop a garden variety thunderstorm? You can't do it. You're going to have thunderstorms. You're going to have, but I'm telling you what, when there's a tornado headed this way that's going to just tear, tear the, tear everything up, you have every right to stand up against that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and command it. We've done it time and time and time and time again. And we've seen them break up before they get here. We've seen them go north. We've seen them go south. Can you say amen? We've done it many, many times. Okay. Does anybody remember Mark eleven twenty three? Look at that real quick. Notice what Jesus said. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to me about the mountain, is that what the Bible says? Does the Bible say uh, whoever says to me about the mountain? Is that what the Bible says? No. Whoever says to see too many people talking to Jesus or talking to the father about the mountain. We need to make a little adjustment and start talking to the mountain ourselves. Start talking to the to the tornado before it gets here. You hear, you understand? What I mean? Start talking to the sickness. Start talking to the disease. Instead of talking to God about it, He's already done all He's going to do about it. You say to the mountain, whatever that mountain is in your life, be what? Be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. See, you're going to have to have faith, but believes that those things He says will be done. He will have whatever He says so let's stop talking to god about the mountain let's start talking to the mountain in the name of jesus is that right notice if you would go just some instances luke 438 let's do these quick i don't want to keep you here too long today luke 438 just let's go through some of these very quickly luke 438 jesus arose from the synagogue and entered simon's house simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever and they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and asked the father to do something about the fever. Is that what the Bible says? Now, what did Jesus do? He rebuked the... He spoke to it, didn't he? He's our example. Well, I could never do that. That was Jesus. I understand it. But listen, Jesus told us we could. He gave us, the, gave us authority. And he's our example. He's not talking to the father about the fever. He's talking to the fever. He stood over her and rebuked the fever. And what did it do? It left her. And immediately she arose and served them. Notice Luke 13, 11. Let's go there. Go through these as quickly as we can. 
Luke 13, 11. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to the father. No, said to who? To who? To her. Woman? Now, is, is Jesus talking to the father about this situation? No, he said to her, he said to her, he said to the woman, woman, you are what? You are loosed from your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight, glorified God. Can you say amen? You see, and we'll have them throw this on the screen. You don't have to turn to this one, but Matthew 16, 19, Matthew 16, 19, we'll have them throw this on the screen. Matthew 16, 19, if they can, can they get that one up there? Matthew 16:19 And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Well, he's talking to Peter there, and a lot of people think he gave the keys just to Peter, but he didn't. And I know that for sure because just a while ago we read that Peter said that we need to resist the devil, is that right? And nonetheless, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Does Jesus expect us to do some things? He expects us if something's somebody said, well, how do I know if I should bind or how should, do I know if I should lose? Well, if it's loose, bind it. And if it's bound, loose it. Amen. <laughs> but you need to be doing something. Right. If the devil's running loose in your life, bind him up. If the devil's bound you in some way, loose him from that thing in the name of Jesus. Are you all getting this today? I'm not boring you, am I? Are you getting this? This this is one of the most vital messages you can hear next to the salvation message. The only thing more important than getting this message today would be would be the salvation message and get get, get baptized with the Holy Ghost. That'd be the only thing that I'd put above this. Mark four thirty seven. Go there real quickly. Mark four thirty seven. A great windstorm arose. The waves beat into the boat, so it was already filling. Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? Then Jesus gets up and notice what he does. Does he ask the Father to do something about the wind? No. Jesus rebuked the wind and said to the sea. Yes, but somebody said, Well, if I start talking to a tornado, if I start talking to the wind or something, the people think I'm crazy. Well... Jesus did it, so we're in good company, aren't we? And that same authority he's given to us. He rebuked the wind. He said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased. There was a great calm. And notice what Jesus did here. It's interesting. He said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You get in to study that a little bit. And what he was really saying is, Essentially, the implication is, why did you wake me up? Why did you bother me? Why are you so fearful? Why didn't you take your faith and do something about the thing? Is that right? Oh, yeah. See, but the devil has duped us to think that we can't do anything, you know, that we just need to ask God to do everything. Listen, we, we need to ask God for certain things and pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. But, but when it comes to dealing with the devil and sickness and disease and these things, we need to rise up in the authority that God has given us. I can't say that to you enough. Mark 5, 8. Just one verse here. 
Remember when Jesus came up on that man with the legion of demons? Remember that? How many remembers that? And for sake of time, I won't read the whole story, but just one verse. Mark 5, 8. He said to him, notice Jesus said to this man that was filled with the devil. Notice he didn't ask the father to do anything about it. What did he do? He said, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Jesus spoke to the, to the demon power, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, he did. Go to Mark 7, verse 32. It's just again and again and again. You just again and again and again. Mark 7:32. They brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers in his ears, spit and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to the man, Apotheta, that is, be open. See, Jesus made that faith command. Immediately the man's ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. Can, can you say amen? Isn't that wonderful? Now then, you say, well, that's Jesus. Well, let me give you, I think I've got three more here. Let's look at Acts chapter 3. Because somebody could say, well, yeah, that was Jesus. But, you know, he's the son of God. Well, I know that. You also need to realize that when, when, he, when he was here on the earth in his ministry, he, though he was, he was the son of God, 100%, but he wasn't operating as God. He was operating as a man anointed with the Holy Ghost. You need to realize that. But here, look at this. Acts 3, verse 1. Peter and John went up together to the temple, the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, fixing his eyes on him with John. Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. He was looking for money. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. Now watch this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Did Peter talk to God about this man? No. He spoke to the man in the name of Jesus. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked, entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Isn't that wonderful? But how many Christians would stand? Oh, God, oh, God, it be thy will, God. If it be thy will, heal this man. Oh, God. How many of you know it is the will of God? Remember when the leper came to, to Jesus and said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And just that quick, Jesus said, I'm willing, be clean. Is that right? But I've watched him. I've watched Christians for years and years and years and years and years. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Help me with to get this. Oh, get this sickness off of me again. He's already done all he's going to do. I'm saying that over and over and over again because I want you to get it. I've been doing this a long time and we've taught these messages over the many, many years to many people in different places. You still see people after listening to this message, still they'll go right out and they'll get to start begging God to do something that the for them that the devil do something about the devil that God's already done. Did you did you you get in that? Repetition is a seed of learning. I want you to get this. It's time to put it for you to put it. Somebody said, Pastor, I, I, want, I want you to pray for me. Well, there's a truth in that. I can certainly pray. We can pray. Believers can pray for one another. Certainly. But there comes a time, dear friends, where you've got to stand up against the devil for yourself. Because I'm not always going to be there in the midnight hour. Or your friend isn't always going to be there in the midnight hour. You're going to have to learn to stand up against the devil for yourself. Are you, you getting this? Now, Peter, 
spoke in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now look at Acts 14.8. Two more of these. That was Peter. Let's look at Paul. Acts 14.8. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man hearing Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. With a loud voice, notice what Paul said. He said, stand up straight on your feet. See, he made that faith command. Didn't pray to God, although I'm all for praying to God. There's times we need to pray to God in the name of Jesus, certainly. But this isn't one of them. He made a faith command. Stand up straight on your feet. And notice the man leaped and walked. Isn't that wonderful? But if Paul would have, oh God, if it be your will, you can heal it. Oh God. There would have been no results. Now then, let's close in Acts the 16th chapter and the 16th verse. It happened as we went to prayer. Did you notice those last two examples? We went to prayer, we went to prayer, and Jesus. How many of you know Jesus was a person of prayer? Is that right? We have to live a life submitted to God. Remember what James said? Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee. Again and again we see that the authority is working for these people. Because we see they're people of prayer. They're submitted to God. You see, if you're going to live an unsubmitted life to God, then when you resist the devil, he doesn't have to flee from you. Did you get what I just said? Did you hear me? But if you'll live a life to the best of your ability, submitted to God, walk in all the light that you have concerning the word of God, and do your best to submit yourself to the will of God, Then you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. Acts 16, 16, it happened as we went. Where did they go? They were going to prayer. See, they're they're living a submitted life to God. That a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination, demon spirit, she was a fortune teller, met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us. And cried out saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaimed us the way of salvation. Well, what she was saying was right. But who wants to get their advertisement from the devil? I I don't. (laughs) This she did for many days. Why did Paul let it go on for many days? I don't know. Other than I could only surmise that he perhaps didn't realize initially the devil was behind it. And if you think about it, every time he got up to preach, he got this lady crying out, These men are men of the Most High God, show the way of salvation. Evidently, it was, it was annoying to what they were doing, even though what she was saying was right. I don't know why he let it go on for many days, only, than I, only that I can surmise that it wasn't, took many days for him to pick up in the spirit that it was a demonic power behind it. That, that's the best I can do. But nonetheless, let's get back to the point. This she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, see, even though what she was saying was right, it was annoying, be be that as it may, turned, now watch, this is the point you need to get here, turned and said to the, did he talk to God? Did he ask God to do something? No. He turned and said to the spirit, to the demon spirit that was in this girl, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, see that's, there's authority in that name, to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. 
Glory to God. Did you learn anything today? Did you get a good review if you already knew some of this stuff? All right. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand with me. Don't unhook now. Don't unhook. Just stand with me. Because we're not done yet. Just stand with me. Just, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Now, this is just this is something you're going to have to do right there at your seat as you're standing. There's been something in your life that's been harassing you. The devil is a harasser. He likes to harass people. Maybe there's a sickness that's been in your body that that you've it's been you know you've been troubling to you and you just can't seemingly get healed. Some disease, some sickness, some malady. Maybe with others it might be depression. Some sort of depression that just it just lingers and sometimes you know you, you, it gets better but then then it, then it comes back and get, gets worse and just kind of like a roller coaster and you know some days are better than other well well God doesn't want you to have any rainy days you know of depression and that's not the will of God this is your day to get free how are you going to get free how am I going to get free pastor I'm not going to lay my hands on you I'm not going I'm not going to do anything you're going to do it Maybe, maybe there's been a spirit of fear that's been harassing you and troubling you. You know, the devil, he, 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 he operates in the arena of fear. Fear of this, fear of that, fear of this, fear of that, fear of this, fear of that. And the devil can get you to the point, if you don't rise up against him, he can get you so fearful that you can't hardly even operate. There's some people, because I, I, I've studied them over the years. I've, I've watched on television different things. Some people, they won't, they won't even leave their house. Others have different fears in different areas. But the devil would like to harass you to the point that you can't even operate. You can't hardly even function. See, that's not God behind that. That's the devil behind that. The only way you're going to get free of it is you have to stand up in your authority that Jesus has given you in his name. Stand up in that and resist the devil and he'll flee. So I'm going to I'm going to help you just a little bit and lead you. And you speak this from a heart of faith. I trust you you're submitted to God. If you're not, just repent and that quick God'll forgive you. Get submitted. You can get submitted to God real quick. It doesn't take long. You can get submitted to God in your heart that quick. Just if there needs to maybe there's something in your life shouldn't be there, just right where you where you're at. Just Lord, I'm sorry and if you mean it, Confess it to him. He'll forgive you. Submit. Get yourself submitted. And then let's rise up against whatever it is in your life, whether it's sickness, disease, depression, oppression, fear, whatever it is. And let's resist it. You resist it. And it will flee from you. It will flee. It will flee. And then you just stand in that until the devil completely leaves and you're totally free of it. Can you say amen? All right, now, now, now say this. Say, in the name of Jesus, in that mighty name, Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, I speak to, 
Now you call whatever it is. Just call it out, whatever it is. You call it out, whatever the sickness may be, whatever, whatever the disease may be, whatever the malady, whatever, the, whatever it may be, oppression, depression, spirit of fear, whatever. You call it out right there. Now say, now leave me. I resist you. I rebuke you. I command you to cease and desist from operating in my life. Be gone in Jesus' name. Now just thank Him. Raise your voice. Raise your hands and just thank Him and bless Him. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God that you're free. Thank God that you're free. Now, now see, we're praying to God. Thank God that you're free. Just thank Him that you're free. Lord, I thank you that the people are free. Heavenly Father, I thank you that the people have risen up in their authority in the name of Jesus that you've given them, and they're free. They're free of sickness. They're free of disease. They're free of depression. They're free of oppression. They're free of harassment. They're free of the spirit of fear. And we give you, O Almighty God, all the praise and all the honor and all the glory... In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. See, a lot of times people think they have to be real loud, or they have to feel goosebumps, or something like that. No, you just live a life submitted to God. Use your words. Resist the devil in the name of Jesus, and he will flee. Glory to God. Praise God. Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you need to make him your Lord and Savior before you leave. There really is a heaven above to gain and a hell beneath to miss out and and shun. The only way to miss hell and make heaven is to, with a repentant heart, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I want to invite you to do that today before you leave. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and received him as Savior, all you have to do is walk up here to the front. There's some nice men and women up here. They'll be glad to pray with you and introduce you to Jesus. You can get born again just that quick. Glory to God. Miss hell, make heaven, and then Jesus will make your life worth living in the meantime. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't Jesus wonderful? So if you need to come to get saved when we dismiss here, you come on up. Other than that, we're going to have about a five-minute break. And those of you who can stay, about 